0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, You Asked, What is Sin? Presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 12, 2016.
1: Well, I hope you're excited to be here. Uh, I know that uh, the summer months... Uh, bring a whole lot of stuff and uh we're excited because it's an opportunity to to build and create and make uh, some really some wonderful memories with our family and our friends as we kind of plan vacations and weekend getaways and do all that stuff and but uh you know, this morning I was reminded of the, the value and the importance of gathering together as a body. Um, you know, we had a, a, a great weekend this weekend. My family and I, we did a lot of things and were able to spend some time with um, some family members, church members, and, and uh, different people. And it's, it's really a, a, a great thing that I was so excited about this morning. I saw a couple of them and I said, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> what are we going to hang out tomorrow? You know, looking forward to that time together. Well, this morning, if you would grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, whatever you use, and let's open up to the book of Romans. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 5 this morning as we continue in our series You Asked. In today's time, in, in our culture today, we live in a world that is really entangled with this almost legalistic element of sin, and, and the way we look at it, the way we perceive it as individuals, the more and more is, uh, that we, we discover the rights and wrongs of the world around us today, I think sometimes we, we kind of have categories that we place sin in. And this morning, we're going to kind of ask the question, what is sin? And I think for, for every one of us in this room, um, the question or the answer to that, to that question probably is different. Because we, we tend to, to categorize or place um, sin in two different categories. And, and they're simple categories. Some, some will categorize sin in, in, in the essence of um, the OKs and the not so OKs. You know, it, it's OK to tell a lie, but it's not OK to murder. You know, something that, that we can learn from God's word, and we have to really be careful with this, is that God doesn't measure our sin. You know, he, he doesn't have a, a, a little tool that he calibrates our sin. See, God is very specific about sin, and he tells us that sin separates us from him. The dynamic of sin um, separates us not only from God, but it separates us from those around us. You know, sin separates families. I don't know about about you guys, but I've seen not only in my family, but in the lives of those around me, uh, the effect that sin has in in lives. You know, I I don't know if if you guys have ever been a part of or or even experienced the aspect of maybe drug addiction or alcohol abuse or uh, adultery uh, all those, those big big names and big words that, that are prevalent in our society and the effects that they take not only on us as individuals, but the, how they affect our families and the people around us. See, we truly can say sin is devastating. You know, I, I learned this morning, just a few minutes ago, that, that we had a, a major terrorist attack. And I don't know the specifics of it. I don't know the details of it. But, but evidently, um, because of sin... A lot of lives were, were not only lost today, but a lot of lives were changed today. See, when we think about sin, the okays and the, the not, okay, not so okays, we should really not be okay with any of it. See, we should look at it with a different perspective, not a perspective of, of, hey, look, this guy is a sinner, so I'm going to judge him, I'm going to be mean to him, or I'm not going to like him, or I'm going to stay away from him. But we should really, I believe in my heart, and I believe God does this, we should mourn over the sin that's going on in our world today. We should stop measuring our sin and saying, oh, this one's okay, but that one's not okay. But we should look at sin through the eyes and the lens of God. And we should mourn over it. We should be sad over it. See, the truth of the matter is that we should see all sin as not okay. We shouldn't ever take sin lightly. See, our primary focus really shouldn't be on other people's sin. And I think that's what's caused us as as, as humans to to do this um, measurement of sin. You know, because I want my sin to be better than their sin so i use their sin as a justification to say well at least i'm not that at least i don't do that you know i haven't murdered anybody i haven't done that but jesus he tells us in the gospels he says if you look at your brother with hate he says you've just committed murder in your heart so the truth of the matter is that, that we, we all fall short when it comes to sin. We, we will all fail. You know, what, what's funny is, is that um, we talk about sin in the church and we think about some very specific things and the, usually the dialogue and the definition of it is something that, that really um, becomes something different than what truly I believe God's word says it is. See, a simple definition, and this comes from from Billy Graham. A simple definition for for sin is just missing the mark. You know, and and Billy Graham draws this really good picture for us when he when he kind of paints it like this. He says, it's like the archer that, that is shooting at his target. And he misses the bullseye. He misses the mark. See, that's what sin is, is when we fall short and we miss the mark. And we have to understand something, that the mark for each and every one of us is God's purpose for our lives. We have to understand that that, that our purpose is really the same as, as creation, as God's, God's children. We all hear are here on this earth with the same purpose god has created us for some very specific things now when i when i talk about purpose i'm not talking about your vocation i'm not talking about you know the high school that you go to or the the schooling that you do right now or the work that you show up to monday through friday or or whatever your schedule is i'm talking about the purpose that the bible teaches us that god created us for I, I, I think that when Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God with all of your heart, he was saying this is why you were created, to love and be loved. This is your purpose. And then he says that the second greatest of these is to love your neighbor. And that right there ties in with the, the great commission that we see Jesus ending his time here on earth when he tells the disciples to, to go out to go everywhere sharing the gospel and baptizing them, all in the name of Jesus, our Father, and the Holy Spirit. See, because if, if we don't love God, if we don't live for God, it's going to make it a lot harder for us to love others and to be obedient to God's calling and his purpose in our lives. See, we have to understand that, that sin is, is anything that is in opposition to God's will for our lives. So if we're doing something right now, if I'm living my life in a way that's in opposition to what God has called me to do and to be and to become, then that's sin. See, the Bible tells us a lot about sin. It even gives us the beginning of sin. It gives us the story of when when Satan our adversary falls from grace and he does it because he's more excited about being greater than god than than being obedient to god and living for god and then in genesis the genesis story god shows us how sin enters into this world god created man and sin enters through one man and in this, this morning, in this passage in Romans chapter 5, we're going to kind of see that sin story and how it evolves and what God did in response to our sin, in response to the sin of one man. So this morning, I'd like to discuss really the, the truth about sin and a couple of things that, that we can maybe think about in our own lives when we reflect upon our own sin And discover some truths about this sin well let's pray together before we read this passage father we just thank you for this morning we thank you that you've given us a new day lord we have breath we have oxygen Lord. we have an opportunity to live on purpose this morning so father my prayer this morning is that as we read these words that you've given us that we read from your holy scriptures that you would speak to our hearts father that you would Remind us and teach us the truth about sin. And Lord, when we think about sin and we look upon sin, Father, that we would mourn over it, that we would be saddened to know that that this world is fallen. But also, Father, that we would rejoice in the hope that you've given us through Jesus Christ, the man that you sent, our Savior, to bear the weight of our sin, and that we would find hope in that, And we would trust in that this morning as we discover your truths. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. In Romans chapter five, I'd like to start in in verse 12 and read 12 through 21 in opening here. It says in verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgressions of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteousness, righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, Last week, Jerry answered the question, why we baptize? And he really helped us to understand that out of an act of obedience, we follow Jesus in baptism. Out of obedience, we baptize others in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, this week we're going to seek to answer the question, what is sin? And really hope to understand a couple of truths about sin and this picture of disobedience and obedience that this passage communicates to us. Well, the first truth that we see here is that disobedience, sin, is man's greatest problem. It really is. Sin is our greatest problem. In, in the opening verses here, 12 through 14, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgressions of Adam, who was a type of the one man who was to come. You know, sin came into the world through Adam. We see the beginnings of sin as we read the Genesis story. It was a, a man's disobedience to the will of God that caused this world to become the place that it is today. It's yours and my disobedience to the perfect will of God that causes the world today to be the world it is. You know, I think we have to take responsibility. We have to take responsibility as, as mankind, as humans, as humans. And understand that that sin entered the world through one man, but all man has carried on that tradition. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the mark. And it's so easy to to not want to take responsibility. It's so easy to say, well, you know what? My sin isn't as bad as his sin, so it's okay. Because it doesn't really affect anybody. But that's not what God's word tells us here. It says that we all sin. We all have fallen short. See, this world is a fallen place. See, Jesus himself, he warned of this in the gospels. He warned his disciples. He said, there's going to be many hardships. There's going to be many trials and many tribulations. There's going to be many things that you see. There's going to be rumors of war and war and all kinds of stuff going on in the world around you. And we have to understand he's saying that because he understands that there is disobedience in this world. There is sin that is happening in the lives of those that are around them. There is sin that is happening today in our world. See, but we can take heart in this. Not only did Jesus teach us that there'll be troubles and there'll be tough moments and there'll be trials and hard moments in all of our lives, but he also taught us that, hey, you know what? I'm going to bear the weight of sin. He says, they're going to destroy a temple, this temple, and in three days, I'm going to rebuild it. He says, there's a hope to come. And he reminds us of this hope. So even in this passage, the writer says this. He says, Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgressions of Adam who was a type of the one who was to come. See, even even the writer of the book of Romans is reminding us that there is something to come. There is someone that is going to give us hope, that is going to defeat this sin, this death. See, Jesus reminds us That the wages of sin is death. That our disobedience leads to death. But the free gift of, of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. See, just as Adam was inclined to sin, and because all have sinned from that point on, become our Savior. And because we continue to sin, Jesus Christ had to become our Savior. Jesus had to pay a price a price that you and I couldn't pay. See, and sin, disobedience, that's our greatest problem. And in my opinion, what we've done with sin is we've created this scale of sin. That there's this okay sin that if we just do this, it's okay. But if we don't do that, then we're even better. But that's not the truth of scripture. That's not the truth of what God is teaching us. See, God doesn't measure sin. We do. See, all sin separates us from God. But the great thing is that we have a Savior, the Christ, the anointed one, Jesus who died on a cross so that not only could we be forgiven of sins, but our brothers and our sisters and our cousins and our friends and our coworkers, they all too can be forgiven of their sins. See, Jesus died for all mankind. Everybody in this room, the people that you sit next to, Jesus died for their sins. So if you look upon their sins and you you look upon it with with pride and righteousness, I want to challenge you to to change that mindset and say, hey, you know what? Jesus loves this man sitting next to me. Jesus loves this young, young person sitting next to me even though they may look different than me, maybe maybe they act a little different than me, maybe they do different things than I do, but regardless, Jesus loves him. See, this brings us to our our second truth about sin, is that obedience in Christ is man's only solution. Do you ever think about that? That there's a, a solution for the sin in our world? that that you and I hold the cure to the brokenness in this world around us? You ever think about that? You know, we, we complain a lot about the world, right? I know I do. I, I look at, you know, I have a little app on my phone. I look at Fox News a lot and I read the different articles on that. I'll turn on the TV and I'll put it on the local news and all I see is, you know, another shooting in the South Valley, another shooting in the Southeast Heights, another person you know, just died and they're not really sure. I see, I see, you know, children being abducted. You see a lot of sin and a lot of brokenness in our world around us. And, and my initial thoughts are like, man, this world is horrible. I can't believe it. All this stuff is going on in this world. See, I point straight to the Problems. but I don't realize that, you know what? Yeah, I can identify the problem, but I also have to understand that I have the solution. So we can talk about the problems all day long that are going on in the world around us in our own lives, but we have to remind ourselves that Jesus Christ is the only solution to sin. He is the only way and he is the only truth. He is the light of this world verse 18 through 21 it says therefore as one trespass led to condemnation for all men listen to this part so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men there's the solution Jesus is the solution for by one, one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, I love this part, grace what? Abounded all the more. See, the devil wanted to do something and God said, No way. My grace will abound all the more so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just as one man's desire to bring in sin, to go his own way, to be disobedient, one man's faithfulness led to salvation and righteousness for all mankind. I want to ask you this morning, Are you living a life of obedience to God's will for your life? That's a tough question to ask ourselves. I want to challenge you over this next week. I want you to think about that question. And not just in the essence of, of, am am I in the right job? Or uh, am I in the right vocation? Or am I going to the right school? I want you to think of that in more of a, a spiritual context of, of God's purpose for your life. And I'll tell you this morning, and I want you to go away with this thought that God has put his hand upon you and he has called each and every person in this room. He has called you by name. The very fact that you're here this morning is because God is doing something in your life. God wants to use you just as he used Jesus Christ to help others understand his great love for this world, his great love for every individual that we do life with together. See, through one man, God changed the world. Through one man, God made a difference that has affected not only you and I, but our parents and future generations and we have a part in that. We have a role to play in that. And it comes out of our obedience to God's purpose for our lives. See, Jesus Christ is the only solution and we hold that solution in our hands. See, if we truly believe what we say we believe, we will change this world. I truly believe that with all my heart. If we truly believe what we say we believe, we will change this world because there is no life without Christ. I want you to flip over one chapter to chapter six. I want to read this together because this again draws the picture that Jerry helped us to kind of understand when we talk about why we baptize. And and I think this kind of gives us another wonderful picture of a life in Christ. In chapter 6 of the book of Romans, verses 3 and 4, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, and I love that word baptized because it just means immersed into Christ. Just think about just being surrounded in Christ and immersed in him. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Again, that, that picture of going under the water, the death, of Jesus Christ. We're a part of that. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Again, there's that picture. We were buried and we were raised to that new life. See, we hold the key we have the answer. And the answer is Jesus Christ. And if we live on purpose, if we live with a purpose that God has given us, then we will first and foremost love God with all of our hearts, mind, and soul, with everything that we have, with our innermost being. We will love God. And out of that love, there will be just a natural desire to serve Him and to share Him. With those that are around us. See, it's not an act of of works, but it's an act of faith. See, faith is what brings us to righteousness. It's a faith that helps us to understand who Jesus Christ is and what he did for you and I. It's a trust in knowing that if we're obedient to live a life that God has called us to, that God is going to do some amazing things, not only in our own lives. But in the lives of those that are around us. See, Jesus has given you and I a new life. And it's a life free from death. And it's a life that can be lived victorious over sin. See, the, the reality is that, that you and I are gonna be tempted to sin. You know, I, I'm tempted on a daily basis to be disobedient to God. Whether it's driving down the road, whether it's, you know, Hanging out with somebody, whatever it is, there's moments when I am tempted to be disobedient to God. And I'll tell you, there's there's many a moment that I am. I am disobedient. There's, there's many a moment that that I, I honestly in my own heart, I, I want to be disobedient. I'll, I'll say things like you know, God, I don't want to be the good guy in this. I know what's right, but I don't want to do what's right. And if you're anything like me, which I think you are because you're human, I'm human, we all have the temptation to sin, to live in disobedience. But we also have the power to live in obedience. catch that we all have the power to live in obedience and it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit see when Jesus left the disciples he promised them something he promised them that they would never be alone that he would be with them to the end of the age and he says I leave with you my spirit and his spirit is our comforter He is our guide, and He is our power. Our power to overcome the sins of this world, the things that might tempt us. But we, you and I, have to immerse our lives in Christ. We have to give ourselves completely. And it's just because Jesus Christ is man's only solution for sin. We can be good people all day long. But without Jesus, everything else leads to death. Jesus leads to life. So I want to ask you again, what is sin? I think sin is anything that is in opposition to the will of God. So this morning, and this is a rhetorical question, so you don't need to raise your hand and volunteer. I want to ask you about your sin. Does your sin fall under the kind of okay? It's okay sin, it's not so bad. Or does it fall into, you know what, it's not okay. Right now I know that my sin is not okay. I know right now that that the life I'm living is a a disobedient life to Jesus Christ. Say, I don't know your hearts. I don't know how you think. I'm not even gonna begin to try but as a friend to you, as a a brother in Christ Jesus, I want to challenge you with this. Let's not let any sin be okay. And let's walk together and encourage each other to live a life that's obedient to the purpose and the will of God. Can we commit to that this morning? Can I see some heads move up and down and say yes, we can commit to that? even when it's hard, even when it's tough. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to to confess our sins to one another. And I tell you what, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. It's hard to say, hey, brother, you know what? I'm struggling with this sin. And you know why it's hard? Because usually we get smooch by it. Usually, or we have been in the past when we share, hey, I struggle with this. That friend seems to kind of disappear a little bit. I want to deal with that sin. That's kind of rough. I don't know what to say to that guy. It's awkward. But you know what? I believe that God's word tells us to convince our sins to one another so that we can encourage each other, so that we can love each other, so that we can live in obedience together, that we can walk on this plan and this purpose that God has for us together so we know that we're not doing this alone. See, that's why we gather together on Sunday mornings. See, it's more than just about singing a couple of songs and, and listening to a guy talk for 30, 45 minutes. It's about coming together in fellowship and in unity in the bond of Jesus Christ. And truly saying, hey, brother, how are you doing today? And sincerely wanting to, and, and having a desire to listen and to help and to encourage. You know, the beautiful thing about walking with Jesus Christ is that, one, that he loves us deeply. He loves us right where we stand. This same passage, these same chapters tell us that, that even though we were sinners, God still loved us. Even in the depths of our sin, God still loved me. And I'll tell you guys, my sin was ugly. And my sin is still ugly in the sight of God you know what? I know and I believe and I trust in the fact that I have an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ and he stands at the, sits at the right hand of God and he intercedes for me. He prays for me. He stands in defense for me every time I fall short of that mark and he loves me deeply and I have been justified not because of how good I am but because of how good Jesus Christ is. Amen? Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. And it's because of this. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. See, faith in Jesus Christ is the only solution for you and I. He is our only hope for a world that has given itself up to sin. And yes, we will see and face many hard moments. We're going to face a whole lot of things that we don't even realize we're probably going to face in the coming days. But we have this hope. God's love has been poured out. And we can rest and we can stand in that. The writer ends this chapter by saying this in verses 20 and 21. He says, Now the law came into... Increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to ask you to, to bow your heads with me. And as we close and and we sing this last song and as we we give our gifts to God through our tithes and our offerings, I want to pray not only together, but I want to pray for us. I want to pray for this world around us. There's no question we live in a dying world and sin, sin reigns. but we have someone, a man that came to pay the price, to take the weight of sin and bear it upon his shoulders. And he did that for you. He did that for me. It's a name above all names. Jesus Christ. This morning, if you bear the weight of sin, if this morning, if you you came heavy hearted, if you came with a burden, I want to ask you this morning to to lay that sin at the foot of the cross. I want to ask you this morning to to take that burden and I want you to just lay it before Jesus Christ and surrender it to Him. Give it over to Him and trust Him with it. Because Jesus will give you the victory. He'll give you the power. He'll give you the strength to overcome. He'll give you new life. See, in this new life, the desire to sin will will decrease and the desire to be obedient will increase. And every moment that you seem to stumble or fall short, God will remind you of his great love and how he's poured it out upon us through his son, Jesus Christ. And this morning, as, as your eyes are closed, let's just give that burden Let's confess that sin and let's surrender that to our Father in heaven and trusting the fact that he offers us righteousness this morning. He offers us forgiveness this morning. Let's trust him with that. Father God, we we love you and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that this morning as we bow our hearts to you, as we, we confess the sins that we've committed, the things that we've done in disobedience, to your purpose and your plan for our lives. Father, that you offer us this free gift, this free gift of with you, life eternal, life with you in your presence for all of eternity. Father, this morning, I, I pray that that you would just soften our hearts, Father, that we would just be honest with you this morning with our burdens, with our struggles, with the things that we wrestle with. Father, and out of obedience, as we, we surrender these things to you, as we trust you with these things, Father, that you would fill us with your love, that you would just show us your grace. Father, as we go away from here, that we would just rejoice in knowing that we have forgiveness because of Jesus Christ, that we have the solution because of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this morning for this love that you've shown us, this love that you give us. And Lord, your grace does abound. Father, watch over us, keep us. Father, right now, I wanna lift up to you all the chaos in this world father the things that are going on in florida right now i have no idea but father you do and even when the world seems out of control father we trust in the fact that you are in control i pray for those families that'll be affected by this father i pray for this nation father that, that we would we would turn from our sinfulness our disobedience Father, and we would run to you. We would trust you. And that you would heal our land, Father. That you would heal us of our brokenness. Father, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info@soulrio.com. At, at Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.